Hello, and welcome to the Ecological Sensibilities Project, a podcast where we explore the different ways people think and feel about the environment. Throughout this series, I'll be talking to a variety of people from different backgrounds, seeking to get a sense of the ways in which they interrelate with the natural world, as well as trying to pick up from them how that relationship might have changed over the course of their lives. Although throughout the series we'll be discussing with individuals how they think and feel about the environment, the project itself is rooted in a wider sociological approach that seeks to understand how these thoughts and feelings are themselves shaped and generated by the vastly different contexts within which human individuals live their lives. As we listen to each conversation, therefore, the challenge is not just to appreciate the expression of a unique point of view, but rather to tune in to the wider social and historical forces that make such a view possible. The world is changing, and so are people's thoughts and feelings about the environment. The Ecological Sensibilities Project seeks to dip in and take a litmus test of these kind of movements. Um, I live in Hove, which is East Sussex, um, and I've lived here all my life, so that's 35 years. Okay. I was born in the County Sussex Hospital in Brighton, okay. so yeah, very much uh, Brighton born and bred, as yeah. people say, yeah. Today I'm talking to Harriet Dean Orange, who lives with her partner Mirren on the south coast of England. Currently I'm manager of... Um, a refilling shop in Hove and previously I was um, a senior staff nurse at the hospital I was born in. I start by asking Harriet if there are particular things she's investing her time and energy in at the moment. So at the moment um, I'm investing a lot of time and energy into my own health. Um, Yeah, that's Mm. been a real change for me this year. Um, We're getting married in August yeah. We're having a very large wedding, okay. <laughs> so um, that has been something that I've ma- I've had to prioritise my own health to mo- be able to manage everything. Yes. Um, and then the other thing that takes up the majority of my headspace, time, energy, every- my everything is running my small business. Yeah. I then moved to asking Harriet if she would describe herself as an environmentally conscious person. I would uh, describe myself as an overly environmentally aware person. Yeah. Yeah, to the point where, like, yes, with a capital letters and an explanation mark, really. Okay. So, so what do you, can you just tell me a little bit more about that? What do you mean by overly? Like, that's an interesting... Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially considering I've been putting my health and my own well-being first recently, I've realised how I've let a lot of my understanding and concern about the environment and climate issues to um, impact my own health to quite an extensive level. Um, So when I say I'm aware, I'm probably um, overly anxious, overly aware and overly considerate about things that actually are not in my sphere of control. Okay, okay. So, um, how has that always been the case in your life? Have you have you always <laughs> been, you know, experiencing no, that? <laughs> definitely okay. not. So when did that start to um, 
developed? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, actually, because when I think back, I can't generally pinpoint it very well. Mm. I just remember... um, I vaguely sort of remember watching some television programs and things like that. Um, I did do some travelling to India, but I didn't find Mm. it so um, apparent to me there, even though, of Mm. course, the issues that they have out there are far more visual and everyday than, Mm. you know, an average person in England. So I I think, really, I just thought I really fancied trying Plastic Free July, goodness knows how many years ago now actually yeah. um and and I just thought because I like a challenge I like to be challenged um and I like change and I think I think I thought oh, I'll just give it just give a bit of plastic free living a go um and then that's when it sort of exploded for me this intense world of like environment carbon travel yes. water food plastic grass <laughs> you know I think it must have been about eight years ago I just started yes. to chip away at having a look into sustainable living so it sounds like that you perhaps have been aware before that moment of various environmental things mm. but mm. then through taking a a step yep. for Plastic Free July, mm. in a sense that kind of Something, started a ball rolling, did it? I Is think that? that's correct, because I've been brought up in a family that grows their own food, um, you know, doesn't like to waste, and I always just, yeah. as a child, I wasn't, that message wasn't reiterated, like, we grow our own food because it's better for us, and it's you know, yeah. fun and good for our mental health and there's no pesticides and, you know, none of that kept being reiterated. It no. was just the norm okay. um, in my family for people to grow their own vegetables. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, other issues like, um, you know, just mending things. And my mm. parents would always have clothes that they'd had for ages. You know, they wouldn't go out and splash loads of money on new clothes because yes. they didn't need to. But the messages behind why were never really an environmental one. It was more to do with just... Yeah. That was normal, not to be frivolous with money, you know. Um, so for me, I suppose I'd had that upbringing of just being sustainable. Yeah. But it wasn't called sustainability. No. It was just me growing up. So yeah, definitely taking that um, challenge, Plastic Free July challenge, definitely was like, um, I felt like, ah, I've kind of arrived into something yeah, here, yeah. rather than just calling it my mum and dad grown veg. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Can yeah. I, I just want to press in a little bit more Please, with that. Yeah. So that's now kind of reflecting back or, or having you know, talked with your mum and dad since you were a child, mm. um, would you say that, that their motivations were related to the environment at all, or what, was it? purely that they enjoyed growing fruit and veg and mm. you know just didn't like buying lots of clothes or well it's a really good um <laughs> question actually i mean i really i need to refer to my mum yes <laughs> my yeah. dad's not here anymore okay. so I can, yeah. uh, it's not unfair for me to say <laughs> he probably was slightly less interested in these <laughs> okay. things um but for yeah. my mum she had her mum as a as a real pillar of information you know she yeah. grew up in the war and she still has an allotment you yeah. know so that is that was um 
ingrained into her as well. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say, and even to this day, I wouldn't necessarily say it because they were concerned about the environment, no. did they do these things. I would say it's just because of family tradition. Really interesting. And yeah. passing down just like, my grandma is so well, you know, she's 95 yeah. years old. She eats plenty of fruit and vegetables. Yeah. She gets lots of sleep. So growing your own vegetables to her was a really good way of making sure that you're not um, being dictated to by the supermarket. Yeah. You were being healthy um, and you were on top of your own money, you know? Yes. I'm going to grow my own food. Yeah, yeah. And that's very much the messages I got. Less about the environment, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think it's really interesting there that you know what we might sort of describe as ecological practices yeah you know are actually motivated by a whole set of different reasons I mean they you just, so are yeah, they but, so are yeah. it's really nice when you speak to someone and they think you know I'm not necessarily that involved with the environment and oh god I can't even think about climate change but they do um you know food sharing or they already do all these things yeah. that have just been passed down as generational type of you know, tips for living. Yes. And actually, they're massively sustainable, even more so than, like, um, a millennial on Instagram doing zero-waste feed. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's a, maybe a bit of a crass example. But, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's those ingrained behaviours that actually are just sustainability. It doesn't need to be a niche. It could just, just be called living rather yeah. than sustainable living. Yeah. So you had that kind of background mm. of kind of practices even though it wasn't explicitly kind of related to... Marketed yeah, as marketed. sustainable, good for the environment. Yeah. 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 And so, and then about kind of eight years ago, roughly, yeah. um, you just decided to have a go at Plastic Free July. That's right. And that then, can you talk a little bit about the process? What happened after Plastic? What happened during that period yeah. of time? And what did it then lead on to? Yeah, I mean, at the time... The, time, the chronological line for me is a bit hazy. Yeah, it doesn't really have honest. to be exact. I should just, probably know, yeah. but I mean, I just want to make clear, like, even though that was what I saw as a child, it was mm. definitely not what I input into my late teens, early 20s behaviours. Sure. So, you know, I was quite mm. the opposite from anything sustainable, and I certainly didn't grow veg or yeah. even really eat it, you know. Yeah, okay. So yeah. we can talk about that later. But yeah. um, looking at... Um, yeah, just little bits about plastic and then doing the challenge. After that, I just knew that I really wanted to make an impact. Yes. It was compelling to me yeah. to do something. Yeah. Um, with my privilege sat here in Hove in a nice place that doesn't look like it's got plastic issues. Yeah. But I knew very well over the opposite side of the world, people were dying because of our plastic. Yes. So for me... I went in deep, <laughs> yeah. quickly, yeah. Um, very immersive. So where were you picking up your information at that time? I mean, talking about people dying over the other side of the world. Yeah, and so, yeah, what, it's what very was dramatic, it, yeah, but, but it's But what true. was informing you? Um, and those mainly kind of the internet, okay. um, speaking with people, watching talks. Okay. Um, I, when I joined, again, I'm not exactly sure of the um, time, line of it but when I joined Extinction Rebellion or found myself in Extinction Rebellion yeah. I did feed a lot get a lot of information from their um, yes. yeah, their information streams yeah um, but yeah mainly just um, you know online television podcasts yeah <laughs> 
very powerful yeah. pieces um and yeah groups and talking to people yeah 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 and so it sounds like would you say you were actively seeking out those sources absolutely yeah. okay. and you know my reading collection went from a little bit of um you know light-hearted reading to very um serious um you know it's very hard to read about the environment without it being quite damning but yeah. there are some pretty good books out there that keep a slightly light-hearted note on it but it got to the point where all i was doing was inputting negative or you know yeah. real but yeah. um climate information yeah and was this a journey that you were making i mean obviously it's a journey with others because you were connected with other people mm. who were equally kind of concerned mm. but was there anybody close to you that you were going on this journey with or was it something that you know were other friends at that time or a partner or you know that mm. um so the first well the first plastic free july i did i did on my own and the second one i did i did with mary my okay. partner yeah um and then that's what fed us to think that actually starting my business would be a good idea mm. so that you know that's quite a short time scale um but as for uh yeah for me the frustrating thing i think when i when i did this challenge the first one i did a little sort of blog about it and um, people at work were like they were fascinated actually they thought it was really fun and you know really yes. um exciting they didn't want to do it themselves but <laughs> they thought that actually what i was doing was quite exciting and then i think that's when i realized that you could you could have some influence here yes yeah 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 and and was it was it helpful to have Mirren with you on, on that, the second on that one. journey? Absolutely, because yeah. when I told him to do it, I really thought he wouldn't <laughs> you told do him it. To, you told him to oh, do it. Oh, yeah. No, well, I was like, I'm doing this. You're doing it too. <laughs> okay. And I think because we were quite new together, he wanted to impress me. <laughs> <Okay>. Poor sod. <laughs> um, yeah. But we, we both really enjoyed the challenge, you know. Yes. And I've made him do Veganuary as well, which he okay. he did incredibly. You know, we, we love a challenge. We really yeah. do. Yeah. Well, but well, you love a challenge and he's happy to come along. I, I'm lucky, <laughs> right? I'm very lucky. Um, whether he was just trying to impress me or not. Um, but he did impress me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone that can take on a challenge and really stick to it, I think for a month, is, is pretty. that's pretty sturdy stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. relationship building. <laughs> and... Um, so you you mentioned as well about you know the kind of your possibly your late teenage years mm. moving into your 20s yeah. and that although you'd grown up with this very kind of wholesome sort yeah. of you know that, that you kind of moved away from that i mean that's not unusual yeah. in a yeah. kind of you know, moving into adulthood do you can you speak a little bit more absolutely to that? yeah um yeah i mean i i was a bit of a rebel you know um i you got got engaged to someone very young, moved out, worked in a pub when I wasn't legal to do so, you know, just yeah. like really loved to push boundaries. But it was never on a on a purpose to be a ho you know, horrible to my parents. Um and, you know, I genuinely loved getting my money into my bank account and going to Asda yeah. and just shoving loads of food in the fridge. There yeah. was no meal planning. I loved to live in abundance and then of course mm. terrible you know, not 
terrible, terrible um, financial planning. Yes. Um, I'd always be borrowing money by the end of the month. It frustrated my mum endlessly. You know, I didn't budget. I didn't plan. I just loved that kind of spend, spend, spend. And I think possibly mm. I might have got a bit of that from my dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. He did like to buy a few new things. Which is why I thought it was important to differentiate quite clearly between the two of them, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where really I got it from. But um, yeah, I did love to spend. Maybe I still quite like to spend, actually, which is why I run a shop. Because yeah. <laughs> then I can spend money. But I'm like, no, 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 that's warranted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, very much lots of meat. I ate a okay. lot of meat. Everything yeah. plastic packed. No thought about it. No thought about where it came from. Yeah. Um, not that I didn't care. I just didn't know to care yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I smoked. I drank. I partied. Mm. I didn't look after myself. And it was just um, a very unsustainable burnout lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And so so just for me, I'm not quite clear on filling in the gap between mm. how you got from there yeah. to your first plastic free July. What what was what was kind of going on that brought you to the plastic free July about roughly eight years ago? I just I genuinely just don't I can't remember. Yeah. I remember doing Plastic Free July. I remember doing a little bit of like plastic free stuff on my Instagram mm -hmm. beforehand. I mean, if I looked at my Instagram right You'd now, I, it yeah, would probably yeah. be a better recollection <laughs> of like the time scale and, and the difference. But um, I, I think it was probably a lot of unconscious things that happened. Yeah. You know, um, breaking up with a toxic partner, then um, doing a bit of traveling and then noticing mm -hmm. probably that um, there was a plastics and environmental issue. You yes. know, just being in a tuk-tuk going through Agra in, in India, mm. you know, the overwhelming pollution. I think I just yes. came back like, wow, yeah. <laughs> that was intense. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's not rocket science, any of this, but I think it probably ingrained a lot of, like, I realise how lucky I am to be here next to a sea with clean-ish ish air, yes. clean-ish air, um, with generally quite tidy streets. And I think it yeah. probably just triggered something. And then, obviously, D David Attenborough's Blue Planet, yeah. massive... Um, massive effects across across the world. I expect that, yeah. um, and I think I just went went with the tide and mm. realised that actually um, plastic free was really difficult, and I just wanted to just do a bit more. Yes, yeah. And was that the first time? Because we started the conversation, and you were describing yourself as a very local person. Yeah, you know, yeah, born yeah. locally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, we can't walk down the street <laughs> yeah. without Mirren getting frustrated. That, Someone wants Someone to stop you. and talk, which is beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're trying to get somewhere quickly, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> so now I'm in the yeah. shop and people know I'm going to be there. Yes. <laughs> you come in there yeah. if you want to say. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The, the, but the, yeah, the question was leading to yeah. whether that that travel you described being in India and Agra, mm. and was that was that your first experience of kind of like mm. really being somewhere different from the place that you've grown up, or had you been to other places and? And have they had an effect on uh, you or not really? I'm trying to think. I think I, I, you know, I went to India on my own just mm. after a breakup. Mm. I had not very much money. Yeah. Um, but a whole ton of cockiness 
and that was really knocked into knocked okay. into place for me. Yeah. yeah, it was a real like you're you're absolutely bonkers if you think you can just do that. Um, and it really yeah. leveled me out a little bit okay. in my life, and it was yeah. really nice to yeah. you know I I hate it when people go I go in to find myself. I didn't go to find myself. But I just had a bit of an epiphany that actually yes. the world is huge. Um, and very much not like home. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Were you there a long time or was it just a short uh, I did trip? a month. Okay. I okay. did a month. I had yeah. an amazing time in uh, one month only yes. and I nearly didn't come back. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> I got paid when I was out there and I just thought, oh, what would happen if I just stayed for another month? Obviously, catastrophic problems <laughs> <laughs> for me and my job and my family. But, um, you know, I loved every moment. Yes. It was really, ex you know, exciting. Yeah, and it sounds like that that was a, um, you know, not only in terms of the travel, but it was a significant moment of transition in your in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I sat there at one point, um, I remember the point perfectly. I sat with um, half a pint <laughs> and a bowl of chips on the Udapur uh, River. And I just thought, God, you've got this far on your own. Stop beating yeah. yourself up about everything. Because yes. I was, you know... Um, unwell and insomniac um, and anxious all the time yeah. um, and I just thought you know what just have a beer and chill out and yes. you've come so far um, enjoy yourself don't waste this opportunity just by being stressed all the time and upset about stuff yes and the anxiety that you were experiencing at that time wasn't mm. related to the environment no. it was related to everything else that yeah yeah going on. yeah My, okay. yeah okay. toxic past yeah. but you know just a real epiphany to just like deep breath move yes. on yeah look where you are you're in india yeah. <laughs> you did that on your own you got here on your own you're all right <laughs> yeah. one more thing just in terms of that you mentioned about um those kind of teenage and early 20s mm, kind yeah. of times is that um you know, you were experimenting, you were wanting to push the boundaries Definitely. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just wondering whether, um, you know, you see any of those characteristics that were present in you at that time, whether they're still present in your life in some way, um, but <laughs> transformed into a different <laughs> yeah. kind of set of, you know, I'm just, just kind of feeling around and maybe that's not yeah. the case. Yeah, I but. mean, my, my mum would say I've always been a bit of a disruptor, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. But I, like I said, I love change. Yeah. Um, and I also love how, um, as we go through our lives or perhaps get a little bit older, yeah. um, we change as well. And going through those transitions of life, I find quite exciting personally. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not unusual for someone in the late, late teens early 20s to be a little bit rebellious and a little bit um you know not care about their health too much and go clubbing four times a night and do yes. things four times a night four times, <laughs> four a, times week, a, night. Yeah. a week um you know it's not unusual but i think i was on a real path of destruction actually okay. yeah um and um maybe having a, something else to focus on made me realize that you can't you can't do that and and um, be a change maker yes. or, or an influencer. I, I realise these words are a little bit sticky. <laughs> um, yes. But that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. I didn't want to just um, sit around and be drunk. Yeah. 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 Cool. I wanted I mean, to just get yeah. on. And I think as soon as I qualified, you know, I, a lot of these behaviours continued through my nurse training. And I thought it was funny, it wasn't funny. Um, and it wasn't until I actually qualified and I realized, you know, you're gonna have people, proper 
proper people's lives on your hands. Yeah. I had a real shift in attitude and then I took nursing very seriously. Right, okay, yeah. Maybe so, that has part of, um, you know, my transition into just being <laughs> acting like an, a proper adult right, okay. at the age of, oh, yeah, a bit, a bit late to, to suddenly decide. But actually, you know, I got there in the end. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about your journey in the hospital and your work as a, as a nurse and how mm. that's mm. shaped you. I mean, you're indicating there that, that there's kind of transition to realising that other people's lives are in your hands, therefore mm. that's a kind of like, you know, changes you. Um, how, is it, how does it relate to your environmental journey perhaps as well? I think, um, I think there's so much um, transferable. Mm. Um, after doing a Myers-Briggs again recently I realised you know I'm just a caregiver <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I just want things to be better and for people to be okay um, and you know in my heart I will always be a nurse um, it was problematic at the time for me because of my health and the pandemic and some issues that were going on at the hospital and, yes. and the absolute lack of um, um, the time scales of any sustainable change so that was why i was really pulled away from it yes. um and i focused on where we could make sustainable change and that was different mm. um but we were talking about sorry i lost track then we were talking about the question uh, well the question was just um the question was quite a little bit mixed actually to be fair yeah. which has probably set you off in different directions <laughs> so yeah because on the one hand there was the kind of movement of res towards responsibility and the changes that that brought about in you. Yes. Uh, but then I tacked on on the end there about the your kind of environmental journey and yeah. whether that was, you know, how that played itself out in yeah. the hospital scene. And it, and it did play itself out in the hospital scene a lot because I realised I could be a good nurse yeah. um, and, you know, theoretically be, contribute towards making life better or saving lives. Yeah. But this actually... This is around this time is when I started to realize that you can save a life today, mm -hmm. but you might not be able to do the same thing in 50 years time, a short period of time. So in yeah. my, your lifetime, yeah. we may not be able to do the same thing because we're using all the resources now. Okay. That's the sort of epiphany right. I had. I thought, wow, we're doing all this stuff now. Yeah. So what we're essentially doing is almost sort of like a godlike state. Yeah. which I think is, is, is a huge burden to have to think about, is by saving people now, yes. you're taking away those resources from your grandchildren or your children. Yeah. I mean, there's no beating around the bush with this. Yeah, yeah. If we use all our gases and all our materials and all our medications and all our carbon, you know, yeah. like a unit of carbon, if we use it now, we won't, we don't have it to play with later. Yes. Yeah. There's... That's it, yeah. and I think that's where my my um, my anger and frustration and anxiety started to really flare up again okay. in the system that I was in. Yeah. It, it, I felt it was very contradictory yeah. that my life was more important than someone in fifty years' time, mm. Mm. and that's how I saw it. It yeah. was like my life, or whoever we're treating now, considers their lives more important than. Yeah. their children's lives so so something in you if i'm getting this right something in you began to kind of step back from that immediate situation of care where you're caring mm. for somebody mm. and you began to see 
a bigger kind of picture, both in the sense of perhaps, I, I don't know if this is at the same time, but your travels to India, you know, you're suddenly seeing that the world's a lot bigger. Yeah. And there's all these things going on and people are mm. living in this kind of way, which is very different from how, you know, we live in here in, yeah. in the UK. Um, but also in this kind of, in your work, you're also kind of stepping back and thinking it's bigger in terms of time, you know, that it's not, mm. it's very... We can't just think about our own generation, but we exactly. think about exactly. future generations as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was a quite a lot of time between going to India, because I also did a bit more travelling as well, yeah. <laughs> very <Yeah>. unsustainably. <laughs> um, I went to Thailand and I went to Vietnam, because I just realised that side of the world was so exciting to me. Yes. Um, you know, their joy and happiness for many people over there is very different to us here yeah. so I really sort of seeked that out for a while and then I think I started to realize that these sort of expensive carbon intensive holidays are probably not the best way to um, then also show concern for the planet yes. and it was definitely a sort of okay I'm gonna stop doing that because it, it's a real example of privilege I think that you know, you can go and see these beautiful places and, you know, spend your money there and hopefully yeah. contribute in a good way. But actually, when we get down to it, we probably should stop travelling long yeah. flights altogether. <laughs> so that yeah. just jarred with me a bit. But that sort of realisation definitely intercepted with me having these big thoughts about, like, my nursing care is contributing towards climate change. Yes. You know, but I'm trying to be such a caring person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm essentially taking away indirectly from someone yeah. later on. So yeah. big, big thoughts. Yeah. Big, really quite challenging um, perspectives to have when, yes. you know, actually nursing in itself is hard enough. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> yes, I can see that, yeah. And so you began to think about kind of systems in one sense or structure, bigger structural kind of yeah, problems perhaps. Yeah. yeah, that's very fair to say. And that's when I signed up as an NHS sustainability ambassador. Okay. Um, and that's when I started thinking, right, this is all voluntary on top of being a staff nurse um, yes. in an operating theatre full time. But that's when I that's when I really started to get into learning about what actual climate change is. Yes. How it's tangible to things, you know, how to speak to people on a level in healthcare yeah. uh, about sustainability, about resources, about plastics. Yes. Um, so I signed up as a volunteer for this. I got some absolutely fantastic training. Mm. Um, I was surrounded in people that were already in sustainability roles in their jobs. You know, people that were getting paid mm -hmm. to be environmentally conscious. Mm. And I was like, this is amazing. This is where I want to be. Yes, yeah. And that was all within the NHS. That was it? within the okay. NHS. So they got some funding. Yeah. Um, they, you know, gave it a sexy title, and yes. you know, they really did um, um, try, and they still are. Please don't yeah. get me wrong. There are some fantastic organisations that the majority of people don't even know exist in the NHS mm -hmm. that work tirelessly yes. to try and implement more sustainable change and climate action and policy and law yeah. you know 
Um, yeah. yeah, they're in my head. They're my heroes. Yeah. You know? So you indicated that that's where you wanted to be. Absolutely. But that's not where uh, you've ended up. So it how, really where, isn't where, where I've ended up the, yeah, at where, all. Where did your journey go from there? So I think well, I tried to do a sort of a couple of campaigns and become an action group. So I did some stalls for Sustainability Day. Yes. Um, you know, and I found like-minded people that mm. I worked with. Um, and I said, let's take this to the chief executive of the hospital. Mm. I'd spoken to her a year before saying, I'd really love to have some green champions on every ward. So you have your falls champion, you have your um, diabetic champion. <laughs> you, know, you have these yes. um, lovely people that step forward and say, I'm really interested in that. I'd like to volunteer and do a little bit more learning and a bit more teaching. So I said, what everybody, what every ward needs really is a green champion to just yeah. say, you know, there's a, there's a sustainable person in one in ten of us like, mm, yeah. you know. Um, and once you start working with people on the ground, you know, the porters, the HCAs, um, the receptionist, the mm -hmm. surgeon, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, if you've got an interest in green behaviours, yes, or something niggles you about your unsustainable practice at work, try and get them to come out of the woodwork and then yes. compile them into a lovely bunch that can then do some actions and then that was my, that's what I took to the chief executive. Yes. And essentially she said yes and we took forward a plan to have a sustainability um, action plan for the whole trust um, compiled which meant that they would have had to have given some money um, mm -hmm. and again I worked with some amazing doctors who really tried to help push it forward and we got there and they said yes okay. um, um, everything seemed very positive we were getting quite far there was an acknowledgement that these actions were going to cost money um, which a trust doesn't have, you know, they, the money is not there for these things, but the environmental rewards would be greater. So actually it's worth more than financial money and carbon saving, etc. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. Okay, okay, okay. Everything, right. everything off the table. Okay, so you were really at that point of just Really at that point of really getting change and... Um, exhilarated that actually um, just a little eco-nut plastic saving um, person like me could um, get there it was wiped off yes yeah but I, again I'm getting my times like timelines a little bit confused here because I'd actually opened the shop by then yeah so Hmm, interesting. Mm. I don't know. So were you still working for the hospital yes. whilst you were been yes. running the shop as well? Yes, for mean? one and a half years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder I was burning out. But I was yeah. getting um, really positive reward for my hard work um, by big changes happening in the hospital. Yes, yeah. You know, this, this wasn't just like, you know, they'll give you a few more quid for a few beds or something or start yeah. a new service this was going to be this is now because <laughs> they've come back to it but massively transformative right they've come back to yes yeah, so um i w w there, there was a group that everybody attended yeah. um and um, i put forward a couple of people to join that group because i knew that they were really interested in this yes. Um, and actually, they sought out my shop to come and shop in because they knew mm. it was me and, and the passion. And yeah. um, and they really wanted to shop plastic-free as well because they felt that personal responsibility to contribute. Um, 
so though, though, there's a few people I've put forward to be in this um, project group and then they've now ended up going forward, um, okay. taking on more actions um, and there's one lady I can think of specifically um, that's now working for another organisation. Okay. Um, so, you know, okay. getting people to really nourish their interests in sustainability in healthcare yes. and helping them go up. But, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, to answer the question properly... <laughs> Um, people still come in and tell me what changes the hospital are okay. making, and it seems to be positive. Okay, so yeah. the work that they you come back to did, it. they come back. They to understood it. the yeah. need for it, and it had to go on pause. Yeah. Um, so if I was still there now, I would hope to be part of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that it's they. People it's do feed back to me, and they say, yeah. you know, um, yeah. actually, I mean, they're extremely kind, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but. Some people do say to me, like, without your groundwork there, right. it probably or may never have happened. Yeah, so yeah. For me, that that is just... Yes. It makes me quite emotional yeah. actually thinking about that. It's just so kind for people to come out of their way and let me know that um, it's still going forward. Yeah, it's nice. yeah. So one of the things that you indicated, so I'm going to... We're going to yeah, come to talk about... Yeah, there's a lot, sorry. The, <laughs> no, it's, it's a brilliant. There's yeah, a lot. But, um, you know, one of the things that um, I'm going to come around to just talking about the shop in a minute and how that kind of emerged and, and things. But um, but just before we go there, um, you know, I just want to talk about the pandemic just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, and obviously, um, you know, in one sense there, you, you know, you're talking about this big project that's contributing towards sustainability, that then the immediacy and the urgency of the pandemic um, you know, swept swept aside. It, it, it did. Um, it and I'm did. just wondering whether, you know, what your reflections on the pandemic are mm. in terms mm -hmm. of of whether, you know, has it slowed things down in terms of su sustainability? Do you think that there are positive sides in terms of sustainability, leaving the kind of all the health implications and all yeah, the, sure. you know kind of aside, if we can. You I know, know it's kind uh, of a hard you know, um, but, yeah. but thinking about this kind of move towards more sustainable a more sustainable yeah. world what do you how, how are you thinking about the pandemic and I uh, obviously the pandemic was traumatic um emotionally and and, and an incredibly huge loss of life and mm. um people were so scared you know mm. the behavior changes that we saw overnight of people just becoming um, so in, um, inward in the sense of, of not obviously wanting to share and go out and find, yes. you know. Um, so having that, that work taken off the table um, almost instantly and everybody having to really focus down on something very different, yes. something exceedingly unsustainable, yes. you know. Um, yeah, catastrophic for the planet. Yeah. Um, Yes, there are massively brilliant things to come out of the pandemic. Um, not the pandemic, our no. changes yes. from the tragedy. Um, you know, things like um, a lot more online consultations now. Mm. I mean, mm. one in three cars on the road, they say, I don't know if this statistic is still true, but it was apparently 10 years ago. Um, sorry. One in eight cars on the road is con is something to do with the NHS. So whether it's okay. someone travelling in, staff, food, maintenance, 
um, something like that. But one in one in eight vehicles on the road was something to do with the NHS. So now mm. I'd love to see mm. a new study to see whether um, things like that, you know. Yes. And I think there's a lot more people now looking towards more natural remedies for things as well. Uh-huh. I, I yeah. get this sort of sense that people are like taking a little bit more ownership for their own health a little bit more perhaps yes. i don't know maybe because i live in a privileged area in hove <laughs> i might be completely wrong but so it's changed a lot of behaviors for people to be more sustainable yes um, yeah. but then like anything there are more behaviors now that are less sustainable yeah like people wanting to shop plastic free and um things like that so yeah, in healthcare, obviously, it was catastrophic to wipe off all of this work that what, what's not sustainable is that myself and other people had spent years yeah. just getting a yes. Yeah. Um, and then now I think it probably felt to a lot of people that then they had to spend years getting that agenda back on the table. And yeah. I'm sure that's happened across the world with any sustainability development. Yeah people were just like that is not my priority right now yeah yeah the here and now it's firefighting isn't it yeah the here and now is most important um business as usual now though yeah isn't it so where are they is that sustainable development creeping back in i hope so mm. um and then the good bits from the pandemic that are more sustainable i hope hang around and stay yeah. usually though people's incentive with things like that is money Yes. Rather than environment. It just happens to be cheaper, which generally means that it's more sustainable. What do you mean if it's, it's sorry, if it's cheaper? Um, so, for example, um, a GP appointment now, you yes. can ring up and get your prescription over the phone, which yeah. can be faxed to the pharmacy, and then the, the pharmacy can deliver it to you. You yeah. haven't left your house, but actually that's saved you like three trips or something like that, you know, yes. so that's more sustainable. In the pandemic, that was done because of contact. Yeah. But now they've realised, oh wow, that's cheaper. Yes. We can do it that way. Yeah. And then of course for the patient, I was gonna say customer then, I must yeah, yeah, yeah. for the patient, they're thinking, Oh, well actually that's greener. I haven't got in my car to go to the GP, then to the pharmacy, then to come home. Yes. Yeah. So people's um, you know, their focuses are different mm. um, and a lot of things that have actually ended up being put into place to save money have actually ended up just being more sustainable. In the long yeah, time. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. I mean, it's something I want to reflect on more is where economy and ecology line up. Yeah, um, um, I mean, it's the three... St- the three pillars, um, yeah, of sustainability, isn't it? It's about people, planet, and money, exactly. Yeah, and right. it's how they intertwine. And mm. when when I've tried to do a lot of work bringing forward sustainable development, you have to sort of put yourself in the shoes of the person you're speaking to and like, you know, do they care about mm. the money? Mm. Or do they care about the planet? Or do they care about the people? Mm. Is it a combination of the three? Mm. If I go into someone somewhere and tell people, you're going to save loads of money because I know there's going to be an environmental reward, then that's kind of okay, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, I, I remember being said to someone once, um, especially about the chief executive of the hospital I worked in, she, She's a very well-read lady. Don't take the piss out of her. Don't okay. go in and say, you're going to save loads of money. Right, okay. You know, she knows <clears throat> why there is a pressing need to be more environmental. Yes. I mean, he was speaking for her. So for the purposes of this podcast, I'm really sorry if I'm misquoting this lady's <laughs> okay. thoughts. 
Um, but you know, don't always patronise people and say you're since save loads of money. But actually, yeah. we all know that actually, mo- most sustainable development will cost you more money in the short run, and yeah. Yeah. that the, the, then the rewards will be reaped later when you, you know you don't have to buy it again, or you don't have to yes. do that again. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> just trying to find the path where people's interests is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it, when, when ecology and economy line up, that it makes those decisions so much easier and quicker, you know. It is that... so true. I'm trying to do a massive, um, uh, I don't know if you follow my shop on Instagram. I'm terrible on Instagram. I don't really yeah, follow anyone. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so. sure, I'm sure your wife does. Yes, Maybe not a bit does. for the podcast. But, um, you know, we are trying to so heavily because the cost of living is rising. Mm. So what people are doing, they're presuming that absolutely everything is going to be more expensive everywhere. So what we're trying to do over the next couple of weeks is do a massive piece about pricing and say, look, we've been sat here with these prices that are some cheaper than Tesco. Um, And, you know, we're not going to put our prices up if more of you Mm -hmm. come to us. Don't rely on the supermarkets to, first of all, tell the truth, be sustainable or price properly. You know, they don't. They are taking advantage of you. I will tell you exactly why I price things the way I price them, where they come from, what they're packaged in, who it comes from, yeah. um, and I will still be cheaper than Tesco. Yes. But I need more of you to come in and, yeah, and yeah. join the fun. Yeah. So we are really, really talking um, at the moment on our social media and our advertising campaigns about pricing. Okay. Because at the yeah. moment, that's where everyone's head is. Oh, yeah. They don't give a shit about plastic at the moment. I think generally, most people, unless you're already in that world, yeah. it's not a selling <clears throat> point right now. Yeah. I think, oh, excuse me, I swore. I no, that's, that's fine. Okay. That's okay. Um, yeah. I don't think people are talking about plastic at the moment. They're talking about pandemic, war, and price increases. Yeah. You know, that's where they're at. So I'm going to talk to them about prices and yeah. why ours are so good. Yeah. And that's it, you yeah. know, talk to people on a level of what they're actually interested in at the moment. Yeah. And then I know when people buy from my 25 kilo of sunflower seeds, that that is, you know, 50 plastic packets, not in the waste stream. So yeah. I get my environmental <laughs> reward, but also people get a financial one. Yeah. Rather than me saying to people, come to me and buy plastic free. Yeah, yeah. And then the conversation's over. I'm like, oh, by the way, and it's cheaper and you're supporting living wage and local community yeah 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 absolutely sounds like so that's where the economy and the ecology cross um, in a really simple (laughs) example yeah Yeah. but i think it it needs to come down to that simplicity Mm. i mean i think of the (coughs) the example of costa rica and the (coughs) you know the ways that they gave economic rewards to Mm. local farmers to reforest yes you know and then you know, <coughs> Costa Rica's oh, forest clever. has been, you know, and it's it's just that lining up, isn't it, of ecology and economy, where, of course, people who might want to do that anyway, but can't afford to do it, couldn't suddenly are getting a reward, yeah. a financial reward for doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and, you know, to see the impact of that, that is... Uh, the, the issue <coughs> is that you come to a point where you're like, whose responsibility is it? Yeah. 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 And you get to the point where, um, for example, <laughs> um, you know, people with more money um, and more money to spend do then just go and chase the cheap plastic 
stuff. Yeah. Um, and that is their right because it's not legislated, yeah. you know, and that's how we've been brought up, isn't it? You, you want an abundance of things. And then you find the people that are interested in the environment and the ecology of things to then actually with less yes. financial money, um, making those changes and dealing with less, you know, yeah. so it's so complex. It's yeah. not just a black and white um, yeah, and there's also no reason why people with less shouldn't buy more sustainably and then just be happy to have less. That's also <laughs> totally cool. Like, some people don't want all that stuff in yeah. their lives. So, try. yeah, I think when I opened my business, I thought I was going to sell plastic-free things. I'm not. I'm yeah. selling behaviour change. Right, okay. And that is... Yeah, yeah. Mammoth, and that's yeah. exactly what drove me out of the <laughs> NHS right, okay, because yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, you know that and other things, but um, and now I've just ended up sitting in exactly the same position, but with more positive reward <laughs> that keeps me going. Not yeah. any more financial reward. I want to make that startlingly clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do not have any more money. Being a small business owner is not glorified in yeah, any way. Yeah. Um, however. I do get more ticks for the endorphins of helping to yes. make people make those uh, environmental changes. I haven't got too ranty yet. I often get no, quite ranty. No, but I can feel we're going to go that way if we carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we carry on. Once, as soon Which, as I start talking about money, <laughs> I do tend yeah. to get quite fired up. Yeah, and, and to be fair, you know, when you were saying there about whose responsibility is it, and then... In a yeah. sense, you were indicating about individuals and yeah. the different levels of wealth that people have. But, you know, my thought immediately goes to, well, taxation and government. Absolutely. You know, tax so, stuff that's got plastic, you know. Totally, it, totally. So what I should have followed on from, the responsibility is not on an individual yeah. level. It yeah. just so isn't. Everyone can do a bit and, and feel positive for it. And please don't get me wrong absolutely you will be making a difference yes but yeah. the absolute sole responsibility for sustainable development and the savior of this planet yeah. lies with <clears throat> the politicians yeah. and the, the people at the top yeah these are the people in power unfortunately you know um let's you have to get through to them or change them yeah yeah. Not them. Get rid of them <laughs> and bring in yeah. fresh, actual, honest, scared people that yeah. will make definite good change. So would you say, just before we move to talking about the emergence of the shop in one sense, would mm. you say that, you know, we, we started by talking about the fact that you you described yourself as almost um, overly concerned or overly <laughs> conscious, yeah, you yeah. know. That's fine. And, um, and that living you know and, and and you wanting to take care more care of your health and mm. you know mm. and uh, you know mental health as, as far yeah. as i'm reading into that as part of that um <clears throat> would you say that the you know part of the thing that contributes to that anxiety is the kind of political mm. environment and the mm, you know what you see the decisions being made completely yeah um i think when you're in uh, this business or you're you know in the sustainability world yeah um that sounds glorified as well it's not sometimes it's a curse isn't it i think you smell greenwashing <clears throat> from afar yeah. you're critical about every step i'm critical about people that say they're interested in the environment I, you know i'm like how why yeah. you know and yeah. then i'm critical on myself i'm like am i doing enough did it so you do have this like 
sad, sort of negative, critical eye on everything because you want things to be genuine. And I think that goes hand in hand with caring about the planet because there's so much crap out there that isn't true and people saying that they're trying to help and they're not. I'm not talking on an individual level Mm. of people that, you know, do Meat Free Monday. I think that's absolutely fabulous. You know, I think that's Mm. great. I'm talking about the politicians that get backhanders from companies that then don't end up being what they say they are, you know, all right, they ban plastic straws. Are you kidding me? That, yeah. that is nothing. Yeah. Zero point, what was it? 0.03% of the, the ocean's plastic is a yes. straw? Come on. Stop people f- fishing the way they do with those yeah. nets, you know. Stop people flying for business. literally that's so much nonsense don't worry about the plastic straws (laughs) stop it (laughs) worry about the flights you know that sort of thing so um uh we're focusing back yeah yeah that's where the change needs to be and i I learned a lot about that in extinction rebellion Mm. you know i Mm. learned to be one of their speakers and do their talk and actually, you need a small amount of the population to make change, like big scale change. Um, but that change needs to be viable also, you know. So yes, okay, mm. the, the population isn't using plastic straws now, brilliant. But how, so what? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we actually stop people flying for business, that will make the change that's actually needed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and once you realise that that onus on the individual to make the change it, it, it isn't there, it shouldn't be there, the government should not be saying, oh, well, you do this, you do that, turn it back on the government and say, you do that. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. you do the thing that's actually going to save the planet and I'll stop using plastic straws. How about that? Yeah. You know, yeah. because I'm not in a position of power like they are. Yes. So, yeah, essentially, that's... I think that answers the question a yeah. bit. <laughs> Just went ranty, didn't I? It's a difficult question. Yeah. 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 Let's circle back round. Yeah, please to, do. Keep me um, focused. Yeah, no, then. circle back round to thinking. So I'm thinking, okay, you mentioned you did the Plastic Free July. Let's yeah. come back to that in about roughly eight years ago. Yeah. And then the following year, you did that with your partner as well. Yep. Yeah. And you mentioned then that the idea of opening a shop began to emerge at yep. that point. So just take us on the journey of how the shop has come into being and what oh, the process yeah. was um, So yeah, I, I literally, as romantic as it sounds, I literally had a dream. Um, obviously my brain must have been really overactive <laughs> at the point about thinking about doing the, the idea of this refilling store. So I had a dream at night that I had a shop called Harriet's Hove on Blutchington Road. Wow. So I woke up and I told Mirren and he was like, oh, it's bloody brilliant, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And three months later, we just had this shop. Yeah. Um, wow. With no business experience. Or, or the only experience we had was like healthcare and the sustainability background I had. Yeah. So it's trying to find how to make that transferable um, because essentially, I think I realised it didn't matter where I wanted to be sustainable. I just wanted to be make some change in action. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we thought to start with, we were going to be selling plastic-free stuff. 
And actually what we ended up realizing in time is the messages about community and small business um, and putting your money into local business was so much more of a message than actually just buying plastic free. Because, yes. you know, we have a shop near us that sells individual items in plastic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really that negates what I'm doing. I'm pleased that there's a small business there because it's good for small businesses to yeah. have more small businesses. But so the messages were about plastic, but also one thing that I think was really important that we realized quite quickly is people thought, I'm not plastic free, I can't access it. Yes. <clears throat> right. Yeah. It was very sort of, and I was like, I'm not judging you. I, I promise you, I still go to Tesco and buy stuff in plastic. Yeah. You know, if I need something or, you know, I still do that. Yeah. Um, there was certainly no, I think with it, we changed our preaching kind of sexy plastic free vibe very quickly okay. because we realized that actually people felt very negative about it. Yeah. Um, and we're not, we don't even ourselves, you yes. know, the message was, do what you can, Yeah. Um, put your money locally, which is sustainable, Yeah. <laughs> um, and try and enjoy the process of the part of sustainable living you can do, let's make that really nice for you. Yeah. And thank you for yeah. supporting us. Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of the, I think you were talking about, you know, how do you change your mindset from feeling desperately awful about everything yes. um, and putting your health first, it's all a knock-on effect. By putting my health first, I've realized I can run the shop. By mm. running the shop, I managed to help other people feel more positive mm. about making change. Mm. And that is genuinely it. So when the big revolution happens and the politicians decide that de sustainable development is the only way forward, yes. we're going to have an army of sustainable leads yeah. yes. ready to go. Yeah. And that is our role at the moment, to just get ready. Yeah. Yeah. To get ready for it. Yeah. Learn to live with less. Learn that actually sustainability doesn't have to be sexy or expensive. We're just getting ready. Yeah. We're preparing an army for when the revolution happens. Yeah. When people say, oh, do you really think you're making any change? I'm like, if all the people that weren't doing sustainable living didn't do it, yeah. think about how much more awful it would be. You are making a difference. You're yes. giving a couple of extra years to... Um, being prepared preparedness is yeah. really important yeah and we've i mean look what humankind have done we've got through a pandemic right um in the space of two years look how we've adapted look how we've changed all yeah. right not always for the positive but humankind are resilient yes it's exhausting and people have terrible mental health issues now and things but we yeah. are resilient so when our climate starts changing to an inhabitable condition mm. Mm. we will have to learn to adapt and hopefully we'll be ready yes yeah yeah and yeah. have you it's happening yeah we just got to get ready and, and and have you uh you know so in terms of um you know your own mental health and well-being mm. Mm. Uh, it sounds like i'm picking up that you've that you're you're drawing from the community that you're engaging yeah, with as well in lot. terms of you know yeah i found working at the hospital exceedingly isolating 
people thought I was a bit bonkers. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd sort of make fun. That's fine. It's all banter at work. It's totally yeah. fine. I don't, I don't hate anyone for that yeah. at all. Um, but now what I've done is I've placed myself in a location and I've said, if you agree with me, come to me. Yeah. You know, if you agree with what I'm saying and rambling on about, <laughs> please come yeah. and tell me that it, I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah. I am a bit, bit mad. That <laughs> um, I'm not mad. Yeah. And I will also tell you that your thoughts and worries and scares and anxieties and all of the things are validated too. And yeah. I suppose that's the therapy. Yes. Yeah. Not that I ever thought that it would be quite so intense. And <laughs> yeah, I've had yeah. so many upset people in, you know, oh, I've just found out baby wipes have plastic in. What the hell? <laughs> yes. ah, what can I do? Right. Okay. First of all, now you know. So just <laughs> calm down. Yeah. And then discuss what's possible. Yeah. You know, but doing that sort of <laughs> counselling for people constantly can be quite exhausting. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, when you're trying to figure out your own... <laughs> when you're trying to figure out your own pathway through sustainable living. Yes. And you have your own, like, pulls about things. But I'm genuinely, genuinely happy to help people. Yeah. One last question yeah. before we finish. Um, Please. Because I thank you so much for all of your time. It's okay. You're um, still recording. I hope so. Here we are. Yes, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could do it again. No, I'll remember no. it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd get a really different, <laughs> different, different story. Yeah. You would, yeah, definitely, yeah. each time. So I'm just, um, so the last question is really about, um, you know, uh, in one sense, I, okay, we've been exploring your ecological sensibility as I've been, as my phrase kind of, um, yeah, as I'm putting the term. Mm. And I'm wondering, for, for some people, um, you know, one of the things that shapes the way that they think and feel about the environment is of, you know, being of kind of direct contact with um, the environment, like so being out amongst nature yeah. and things like that. And I'm noticing that that's not been something that I mean it's not, I've not directed the conversation in yeah. that kind of yeah. way um, so I'm just interested to know whether that is that's part of what forms you or if you manage to get that time mm. or if you want that time or you know you talked about growing your own um, vegetables do you get the opportunity at all mm -hmm. today mm. Um, or is it something that you'd like to do or, or is mm. it is it more that your concerns are you know large scale in the mm. sense that you know here we are we're living in a city yeah. and and actually you know so so you're in a sense the environment for you is is this big thing you know it's, yeah. the, it's the global yeah kind of ecosystem in one yeah. sense I'm just wondering if you ever um if you ever you know like you know touch <laughs> plants or you know whatever yeah. you, do you know what I mean that I kind do of, know what you mean uh, or is, um, is that not part I mean, of your by looking at the garden <laughs> behind <laughs> you know, you can around. tell <laughs> it's not a priority it's, for me yeah um time for me spent in nature um or in an environment that isn't just my daily yeah um it's it's not it's not much actually no. and a lot of people yeah. find that quite unusual of me um when i talk about um you know 
environment I tend to think climate change yes. you know I yeah. go straight from zero to 100 there yeah. um, I did I did my first ever litter picking you know a few weeks back and people were like oh, I really thought that you would do more of that sort of stuff and it's kind of true but also running a small business takes every ounce of every everything yes. <laughs> every bit of energy focus concentration money all of it it takes it all out so I think when I think about am I doing enough or engaging with environment enough, I think I'm doing that and that helps others do it. Yes. Maybe yeah. that's the nursing trait in me. Yeah. I'm still just trying to look after other people doing those things. Um, I go in the sea occasionally yeah. and I find embracing the sea um, my sort of therapy of nature. I yes. love swimming. So rather sort of less tree hugging maybe yeah. or flower touching <laughs> yeah. and more water and, and um, sky and water really for yeah. me, I would yeah. say. If I, if I can see a lake or something, I'm really drawn to it, you know, okay. so I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd genuinely love a bit more time to go out and embrace nature more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you discover a lot about yourself in that way. And you sort of reiterate to yourself why it's really important to yeah. look after the planet. Yeah. I mean, to be really clear, the planet's all right. We're yes. not. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's not until someone said to me, like, the planet is not going anywhere. Yeah. We might. Mm. So once, you know, humans have destroyed the planet and we die out, the planet will still be there. It will just do something else with itself. It's just a shame that we won't be here to enjoy how beautiful it can be and how, you know. So once we reframe and realise, you know, the planet isn't saying to us, please stop. No. It's just not. It's going to evolve and be fine. Yeah. But by personifying the planet, it kind of helps us. Mm. Yeah, sorry, I went mm. off on one again. Yeah, no. But, but again, you know, so for, for me to see, you know, some beautiful land that hasn't been touched by humans mm. and, and as it is, that's that's really stunning to me. But I also think, like, that's because in our heads we're like, well done, humans, for not ruining something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The way I consider it um, is probably quite different to other people. The, planets, mm. the planet will just crack on. Yes. It doesn't need us, you know. Yeah. If yeah. it loses all its um, ecosystems and this, that, it will just become something else. else. Yeah. But we seem to have given the planet emotion, um, which is something humans love to do. Mm. They love to make something a human and then we can almost identify with it. Yeah. Um, but what we need to actually realise is humans are ruining humans, not the planet. Yeah. D- does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I also wonder with that as well that, you know, that of course the problem is for us but I then also think well how many other species are we going to take down with us oh as for well? sure you know, it's completely it's like that, the least vegan lifestyle <laughs> ever is the yeah. destruction of um species you yeah. know and and just it's so inhumane to yeah. just be like yeah All right, you know if you want to create your own <laughs> extinction and go for it but stop taking down others with it yes yeah like these are conscious beings that are just like yeah like do you mind (laughs) like you lot are just getting it so wrong but actually cows wouldn't mind being left alone i'm sure (laughs) they could probably just have a a cow world 
I mean, there would be a lot of methane. You Let's did. think of another yeah. example. No, fish in the sea, for example. You know, yeah. like if there were no crawling animals on the on the on the land and the fish were just in the sea, then what a lovely place it yeah. would be. And then they'd yeah. evolve again to come out of the sea. Anyway, I digress thoroughly. But yeah, you, what you say is so true. Like there's just this absolute cutoff that we are taking down everyone else with us. Yeah, yeah, and and of course the planet will continue, and with the life will continue, and the planet will will continue to evolve but again I, I kind of think of um of time scales as well you know mm. that, that actually yeah. it took a long time for this current the complexity of the yeah. you know the species and animals and flora and fauna that we have you know to emerge in its current form and and you know how much time not that you know does that does it matter i don't know um that yeah but anyway we want humans to Carry on. I yeah, do. we wouldn't mind, you know, <laughs> as a 35-year-old woman um, that's getting married this year and would love to have children, like the yeah. thought of having children um, is really exciting to me. Um, but, you know, it does linger at the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, Am I making the right decision? Am I being a bit selfish? You know, is it the right thing to do? Yeah. We've got all this knowledge and no actual, <laughs> you know, no real progress, no revolution yet. Yeah, yeah. So if I was a child coming into the world in, you know, five years' time, if I'm five and I'm learning about the environment, I'd be quite effed off with my parents. <laughs> I'd be like, well, hang on a minute. You knew it was a downhill spiral. What do you think you're doing? But you have to have hope and you have to wish for this revolution. Yeah. But I don't think it's spoken enough about um, how women or parents-to-be feel about that anxiety, about mm. the guilt, about bringing children in. Yes. I almost feel jealous of people like yourself that have children. You made that decision. Yeah. And that probably didn't have quite as much information behind it. So whether the you're like, no, we're doing it now, and change is the only way possible. But yeah. for me, I could still make that decision not to do that to somebody else. Yes. So that is a, an uneasy and unkind place to sit. Yeah. Yeah. And what you want to do is get married into a family that are absolutely team kids. And then you think, ah, okay, well, a little bit of that pressure of do I, don't I is taken off right. me because I'm like, oh, no, I have to. It's expected <laughs> yes, of me. Something else. No, but I genuinely do. I'm really quite pleased that there's, um, we're team kids in the family. Um, because otherwise, if it were just me, I'd probably yeah. think against it for those purposes. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my friends feel the same way. They're mid-30s. It's, yeah. it's, it's now or never. And they're kind of going, mm, I'm mm. going to leave it. Yeah. I don't want the, the not, not the hassle <laughs> of children, I don't want the hassle of thinking, have I made the right decision every day when mm. I leave them? And the climate change, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that, you yeah. know, is deep <clears throat> and it's heavy. And that's when you have to really try and dream of revolution. Yeah, yeah. As a parent, you probably feel the same way. Or probably, I'm speaking for you, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> yeah, I think <laughs> we made that decision. Yeah, I mean, Oliver's now 14, so it's, yeah. you know, quite... A, Before the blue week. planet. Yeah. And actually, I think we were living in a situation where we weren't so kind of being drenched with yeah. climate crisis. Drenched news. is the right expression. Yeah, so, so I don't think we ever wrestled with that but i appreciate you know I, wrestle is you, such a good yeah. word <laughs> right. it's such a good word to to use there because it does feel like a fight yeah to tell yourself it's okay to do that yeah you know that thing that people have done for millions of years yeah. it's okay to do that yeah 
because now it feels like that it's it's a judged thing right yeah but people that i know that are really into sustainability and they know it and they know all the facts and they're not under any disillusion that things are going to be all right they're still having children mm. Mm. odd right mm. <laughs> yeah Again, it yeah. comes back. Perhaps it just comes back. I think we should finish in a minute. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I don't want too much. <laughs> it comes back to, you know, what you were saying <clears throat> originally about the hospital and about kind of, you know, if you're just in your your world of caring for another person in the hospital mm. and giving them care, mm. and and that's really important. You know, that's really important that that care that one person gives to another person but then you know you scale you scale out and you see actually mm. the impact of the mm. systems you know mm. on sustainability that actually enable this care to take mm. place and i don't know maybe i'm i'm just making a parallel between that and and the ways in which like we live within multiple realities on the one hand we live in the reality of you know the wonder of having children and a family and of caring for them in that small kind of world. Mm. But then of course, scaling out and thinking about the bigger implications mm. of, you know, what impacts does that have or, or what, you know, what world are you kind of bringing them into? Um, but isn't that just parenthood though? It's parenthood, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. So, go, it is. you know, yeah. I just tell myself, go easy a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, and also don't predispose how upset you're going to feel about bringing life in and yeah. they, they're going to be pissed off with you for being their parent anyway yeah. <laughs> so they're they might as well be pissed off that. about the planet yeah. too yeah. but I do yeah. you know I really um, during this work I really hope it sings out that um, women especially but mm. couples that don't have children yet they are fighting another grapple yeah. yes yeah. they're wrestling another um, responsibility on top and that's yeah. Do I or don't I? Not can I afford it or do I want no. to? Is it fair? It's do I or don't I because of what the environmental situation is going to be like for them yeah. then. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the implication of having a baby on the yeah, environment, yeah, yeah. the irony of it, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Um, that's a big, it's big. Yeah. yeah. Big, heavy, not quite exciting yet. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's finish there. Okay, okay fantastic. Because that has been so good, Harriet, really. Oh, good. Way. I'm pleased. Um.